thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad that you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have a studio audience here. We've all taken time for the Word today. And I tell you what, it is time well spent. It is time that will reward us beautifully. Amen. So we thank you for joining us. Get your Bible. Get a notepad and pencil or pen and follow along with us. Take note of what God says to you. Amen. Because that's what matters. What's God saying to you? We've been teaching on the mind and it's such a joy to teach that direction because for the rest of your life, you're never going to get away from your mind. You may run hard. You may try hard. You cannot outrun your mind, right? You need it with your... You need it with you everywhere you go and you take it with you everywhere you go. So you might as well have a mind that's a blessing to your life. And uh, the word tells us and has something to say about the mind. And so we want to read about it and uh, be a doer of what the word says. Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven has been our golden text for this uh, set of teachings. And so we're going to start there again this morning. Second uh, Timothy chapter one and verse seven, it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. So that means we're authorized to live fear free the rest of our lives. But he has given us something. And what is this? He's given us power or anointing, authority. He's given us power. He's given us love, his own love. And not only that, he's given us a sound mind. He's already given it to us. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. If we're not careful, we will overlook that that's part of our inheritance. But I tell you what, put your faith on it. Father, I thank you that I have a sound mind. And when things come against it, you say no, because your sound mind is your inheritance and it's up to you to protect that sound mind. Protect it from wrong thinking, protect it from attacks, protect it from going the wrong direction. Amen. So the Amplified Classic Translation describes to us in greater detail what a sound mind looks like. It says it's a calm mind. It says it's a well-balanced mind, a disciplined mind, a controlled mind. So that lets us know that we have a part to play, that it won't just, we won't just float into the soundness of mind just by letting our mind go anywhere. We have to discipline it. We have to keep it within balance, right? We have to make sure. He's letting us know we have control over it. Just because a thought comes to your mind doesn't mean it came from your mind. And you are in control of what you allow yourself to think on, what you allow to turn over in your thought life. If we're not careful, uh, because everyone is going to go and you're going to go through times of testing, you're going to face tests. That's just part of it. That's why our faith is so important because it lets us know the outcome. 
When we, uh, when we meet that test in faith, we know the outcome is going to be victory. Why? And you say, well, uh, victory belongs to us. Yes, but we have to bring our faith to that victory. Victory is not automatic. We have to bring our faith to it because the word tells us this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I love something that Sister Gloria Copeland said years ago. And I was in a meeting of hers that she was preaching on the road somewhere. And she made this statement. She said, your victory is waiting for your faith to show up. Now, if your faith doesn't show up, what's that mean? <laughs> your victory is not going to come into place as it ought. Amen. And so we have to realize that the things that belong to us in Christ are not automatic. They're conditional. The condition is, is that we cooperate with God. We cooperate with his word. That means we're obedient to God. We're obedient to his word. And part of that obedience is we bring our faith. We exercise our faith because faith brings the power of God into manifestation. Amen. But many times when we're facing tests, because having a, having a, a test come against you does not, listen, just because you're born again doesn't mean you're eliminated from having tests. They're going to come. Faith doesn't mean the absence of tests. It means you know the outcome of the test. And you determine the outcome of the test, not the circumstances. And if you're not careful, people will get duped. And the enemy, this is one strategy. I know, I've been there. I've heard different strategies of the enemy. One of the things that he'll say is, if your faith was working, you wouldn't be facing this test. Or if the word was working, you wouldn't be facing this test. Or if you were obeying God, you wouldn't be facing this test. And he'll accuse you. He'll, he'll launch an attack against you and then accuse you for facing an attack. <laughs> That's exactly the way he works. And um, I want you to know just because uh, a test arises doesn't mean your faith is failing. And it doesn't mean that the word isn't working for you. Amen. It, or it doesn't mean that your authority isn't working. So I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 12. And this is the King James translation. In a moment, we're going to read the Amplified. But first of all, I want to read the King James of what Peter wrote. He said, Beloved, this is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. rejoice. Now look at that. I, I appreciate this word. Don't think it's strange. <laughs> because like I said, we get this idea, if we're not careful, that when we obey God, everything's going to get out of our way. <laughs> well, when you obey God, that's when the enemy will send opposition your way. And so don't think, oh my goodness, I've done something wrong. Because like I said, the accuser, the brethren... The enemy, he will try to accuse your faith of not working, accuse the word of not working. So don't think it's strange. Right. Amen. Others are facing tests and trials. This is one of the things that so much of the time you'll, you'll have to deal with is the enemy wants to make you feel isolated and alone in your test. Like you're the only one going through this. You're the only one. Uh, and he tries to make you feel isolated. But don't think it's strange because there's ever, other people are going through the exact same thing. You're not alone. 
in the test that you face. The Amplified Classic translation of that verse says this, Beloved, listen to these words, do not be amazed, bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. Now notice this. God's not sending this this opposition to test you. But the enemy is going to test you to see if you really believe what you say you believe. He hears you talk the word. He hears you confess the word. He hears you say what you believe. And he's going to test that. Do you really believe it or not? This is why it's so important we be a doer. It's, it's one thing to talk the word. It's another thing to be a doer of that word. And so this test comes and it says it's a fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. Test the quality of your faith. Do you have a faith that quits? Do you have a faith that goes by feelings? Do you have a faith that just settles for less than God's best? You see, it's testing the quality of your faith. When you go through a test, you really get a picture of the quality of your faith. <laughs> you, get a qu- you get a picture of it. Amen. And so when, if things are not as you wish them to be for your life when you go through a test, now you know what to pay attention to and apply the word to. Amen. So this fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. As though some strange, unusual, and alien to you and your position were befalling you. Look at this. Don't think, that, don't think this is some foreign thing to you. This is going to come. When you're obeying God, tests are going to come. Yes. The obedience to God does not mean the dismissal from tests. It means the overcoming of tests. Yes. And then Peter goes on and he says, but in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings. Why? Because he was tested, wasn't he? Yeah, he was tested. And that's what he's talking about. Those are the sufferings you share just being opposed. Mm -hmm. But in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, look at this, rejoice. So he's saying when a test shows up, and it's a, he called it a fiery ordeal. Yeah. The Amplified said, called it a fiery ordeal. Mm-hmm. What is our response to it? Rejoicing. Yes. Yes. Why? Did you know that rejoicing is an act of faith? Yes. Rejoicing is the voice of faith. Yes. So it's going to test the quality of your faith. Does your faith contain rejoicing? It better because there's no such thing as faith without rejoicing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Amen. So he's telling us the mindset of when we're facing opposition, that it is not only our responsibility, but it is our privilege to know what our proper response is. It's rejoicing. Why? We're not rejoicing that opposition showed up, but we're rejoicing because what we know. We know that Jesus won won the victory for us. He totally stripped, defeated the enemy. We know that. And when a test shows up, we're mindful of that. That's what we're thinking about. Oh, this is already defeated. I don't care that it seems to have life coming against me. I don't care that it seems to have momentum coming against me. It's a defeated thing. Why? The test is defeated because it came from a defeated foe. Now it's up to you to enforce that and you have to remember that foe is defeated and you have to remember that this ordeal is already defeated based on the victory Jesus won. Amen. Amen. Anytime you move forward, 
anytime there's advancement made in your spiritual life, there's going to come uh, opposition, whether it's a, a new phase of ministry, whether it's just a new phase in your spiritual development and growth, there's going to come opposition. I've had people in my 25 years of pastoring, so many people said, Pastor Nancy, we love the church. We love coming to the church, but we have never faced such opposition in our life. Yeah, because when you come to a place where greater light is, the devil does not want you to come into the light that further revelation, that further understanding of the word. He does not want you to find out what's yours in Christ. When you're not finding out what's yours in Christ, he's not going to pose you the same way. But when you start finding out who you are in Christ, what the word says about you, I guarantee you he's going to oppose you. And, and it'll show up in all different ways, that opposition. Now, it's our job to connect the dots. And that's what I call it, connect the dots. This is not just a random attack. There's a reason. He's after something. He's after the word. He's after the word that you're coming into. So when you're coming into another level of revelation, another place where more knowledge is downloaded into your spirit, I guarantee you there's going to come an attack. Why? Because the devil wants to play, work interference and play interference against you and against that promotion that comes with greater understanding and knowledge of the word, that comes with greater revelation of the word. So when God directs you, and I would say this to you, it's so important that you have a local church because your local church the local church is to the, is to the believer's life what a school setting is to a young person's life. It's the place of education. We're not being academically educated. We're being spiritually educated in the local church. If kids don't show up, if they skip school, they skip class, it shows up in their grades. It shows up in their tests. They start failing tests. If we're skipping the place where God is training and preparing us and feeding us and uh, causing our spiritual development to, to take place in the local church, if we skip that, it's just like a kid skipping school and it's going to show up in the, t- in the testings of life. That's why it's so important that you find a local church, you have a local church, and the Spirit of God will direct you to one. Now listen to me. As the Spirit of God will direct you. Why? Because He knows where the place is that, that your life needs. Someone is anointed to preach the Word to you. Amen. Now don't misunderstand me. You can, you can feed on the Word and you can sit under good teaching and thank God for that. But there are, there are certain pastors that are anointed, a pastor anointed just for your life, your family. Now when you find that place, and you come into that place, the enemy's going to try every strategy he can to get you out of that place. Why? Because that's the place where greater knowledge comes. That's the place where the revelation comes. That's the place where the understanding of the word comes. That's the place where your faith is fortified. Amen. And so the enemy, connect the dots. Why does he not want you part of a local church? Why does he work against your family to try to keep you out of the church or cause this problem or want you to get offended with that believer or that pastor? Why does he connect the dots? He does not want you to find out who you are in Christ and become skillful with it. And I tell you what, you need the fortification, the strengthening that comes from having a church family because you you need to surround your life with people who know how to stand on the word because they will help you from uh, be from drifting out of faith 
from drifting out of the plan of God. And so it's so important. The thing I so appreciate about television, a channel like this, or even things that we could watch on social media is for people who are homebound and cannot get out. What a blessing this is. But when someone isn't homebound, I guarantee you they need to be in a local church. And the, the local church God directs you to because that's where uh, there's going to be a, an, an anointing like no other place for your life. Yes. Amen. Well, this is part of that, that the enemy will contest you. He will try to downplay the role of the local church because he'll say, well, you can sit at home and believe God and grow in God. Well, could you say that to your, to your young student? Can they just stay at home and be self-educated? No. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to drive on the freeway with a driver who's been self-educated. Right? That's a risk. (laughs) They're not only jeopardizing themselves, they're jeopardizing those who may be with them and those who may be driving around them. There is not total safety in self-education. You need somebody. That's why Jesus gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? So that they could have help in their spiritual development. You're going to need that help to know how to get past tests. You're going to need it. Amen. And that, that help is going to come in the local church as well as places like this is an assist. But I tell you what, thank God for the local church. Amen. It's a company of believers. It's a company of believers. It's the place where you find your highest fellowship. Your highest fellowship shouldn't be at your place of employment. That's not where all the believers gather. (laughs) There may be believers at your place of employment, but in the local church, the believers gather because they love and honor the same thing. They love and honor the word. And I tell you what, it's it's that word that's going to get you through every test, ordeal, fiery ordeal that comes against you. Amen. So pay attention whenever God's going to promote you. And one way he'll promote you is he'll lead you to a local church. That's, that's a promotion time if you become a good student of that place. You become a good student of the word taught there. So the enemy will bring all kinds of opposition. You have to know what to do with that. You have to guard your thought life. He'll accuse you. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be part of this church. Oh, they don't do this. They don't do that. Let me tell you what they don't do is they don't value the enemy. And the devil wants to get you away from people who are hungry for God. And so uh, uh, the local church, that when God leads you there, that is a place that God intends to promote you. And so there's all kinds of opposition. That's just one thing, you know. There's other, other times and other ways that God will look to promote you, but learn to connect the dots. Why am I being tested? Why? Evidently, there's something ahead that the enemy's afraid of. And he's trying to back me out of that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see, though, that when Peter wrote, he said, when you're faced with this opposition, he said, insofar as you are suffering or you're sharing in in Christ's sufferings, rejoice. Amen. That means you're worth worth testing just like like Jesus was worth testing. (laughs) That's why the enemy opposed him. He was worth the opposition. He was doing something so, so, so uh, important to eternity that the, that the enemy said, I've got, got to oppose that. So when you are being opposed, you're doing something worthy of eternity. 
Amen. And that's why the devil, uh, that's why the devil opposes you. But know this, take it as a congratulation. (laughs) You say, well, it doesn't feel like a congratulations. Well, it is from the enemy. Any opposition is him afraid of what's in you. Amen. And so what does Peter say? He says, rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because I have, I'm, I'm living a life that's worth opposing to the enemy. I'm a threat to the enemy. The word that's in me is a threat. The life of God that's in me is a threat to the enemy. That's why he seeks to push me back, hold me back, stop my progress. And so what do we do? We just keep going. Amen. The best way to get through any test is rejoice your way through it. Rejoice your way. Now, you're going to have to keep your attention on the right thing if you're going to keep rejoicing. If you're going to focus on the circumstances, you're likely to stop rejoicing. But if you'll focus on the victory that is yours, who you are in Christ, that you are free from your past, you are free from faults and failures and sins of the past because the blood of Jesus cleanses you, therefore that strategy won't work against you. And you rejoice because of what you know. Amen. Amen. As I said this, always remember, in the face of all opposition, the enemy is already defeated. Jesus defeated him royally, (laughs) stripped him. Amen. Amen. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. So do not ever face that test with the idea of I've got to, I've got to, you know, I've got to win against the enemy. No, you don't. You've got to stand your ground of victory. The victory was handed you. It, you are, you're part of the occupying army. You're not part of the army that's going in there to win the fight. The fight's already been won. Now you, God has sent his body as troops to, to be the occupying army. Amen. You don't have to do anything else to defeat the devil. Get that. You don't have to do anything else to defeat the devil. You just have to refuse to be swayed by his threats and the opposition, swayed off the victory ground. So your job is to say, Satan, Jesus already whipped you. Remind him. When he starts talking, talk back. (laughs) You have something to say. When he reminds you of your past, remind him of his. When he reminds you, oh, you failed this, say, Satan, nobody failed, failed God like you did. Yeah. Nobody in all creation ever failed God like you did. <laughs> Talk to him back. Amen. Not in conversation, but in authority. That's how you silence him. You answer him with the word. And like I said, you don't have to fight him. Your job is to remind him. Amen. You know, when an occupying army, when a, when a battle has been won in a certain region of the earth, the occupying army is not there to engage in total warfare. All they do is they're there to watch the boundaries. You get back. This is not your ground anymore. Get back. That's what our job and our authority is. Get back. Get out of that thought. Get out of my thought. You're not bringing that thought to my thought life. You're not bringing that to my child. You're not bringing that into my marriage. You're going to have to go find something. Find some other territory that'll take this. But this territory's not taking it. Amen. Why? We're the occupying army. Amen. Really, the only fight we're engaged in is the good fight of faith. And that good fight of faith is having faith in what Jesus already won for us. And that we have the authority to keep any opposition off of our victory. 
Amen. This is done by answering things. This is done by speaking the word to things. Stand your ground. Amen. First John chapter four and verse four says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one's in you. When the enemy opposes you, don't, he's not just opposing you naturally. He's trying to take on the greater one. Draw out of the greater one that's in you. Don't try to face the enemy naturally with your own human ability, your own mental ability. Uh, you had divine weaponry. The word is divine weaponry. Amen. Remind him, greater is he that's in me and devil. There's no devil in hell big enough to whip the greater one that's in me. Amen. You had to be bold. The devil is no match for the greater one who is in you. He's already seen what happened to him in the face of the greater one. He was totally defeated. You don't have to hold out against the devil. Now, remember this. You're not there holding out against the devil. He's got to hold out against you. Amen. You're standing your ground and you're taking advancement. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me and then we'll close with this for today. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. I love this, this verse. It, listen, you're going to have to become skillful with the knowledge of this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. What did I say, Philippians? Yeah. Okay, good. Told you the right thing. <laughs> Paul's writing, it says, Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Look at that. Don't you dare show fear. Don't you dare yield to fear. Amen. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign and proof and seal to them of their impending destruction but it's a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Amen. <laughs> Look how bold that turns you. I mean, stand up and read that in the face of opposition. I am not for a moment <laughs> frightened, intimidated in anything by my opponent, by my adversary, by any circumstance. The word, it, uh, put it in your mouth. The word authorizes you. These are your words. These are God's words, but make them your words. Amen in your mouth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, some of these things, all of these things, actually we've been teaching are in the book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to get your copy because we want you to continue to feed on it because we know this, full faith does not come with one hearing. Full faith does not come with one hearing. The word tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So repetition is part of coming into a full, bold, strong faith. Amen. So if you would contact us at DufresneMinistries.org, we'll send it to you. Amen. And until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. Watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne. Visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. 
For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.